Welcome to Young Americans, a weekly DIY depth psychology podcast where we explore differential diagnoses of reality narratives and the creative ways we navigate the void. I am Brooke Macbeth, and this is my co-host. I am Jillian Masland, and we wanted to do a quick little shout out to our musician, Joel St. Julien, um, who is on Instagram at J-O-E-L-S-T- uh, J-U-L-I-E-N, and he did our intro outro music, as well as Susie May at Susie, S-U-Z-Y underscore M-A-E on the Instagram, who provided our original artwork. And um, check Oh, and the cute stickers. <laughs> and the cute stickers, yeah, we just got these little stickers, they're real cute. And we are joined by a guest today, we're really excited to have her, um, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, my name's Mara Mady, and I am a human design specialist um, and a chart reader. Thank you so much for coming, Mara. This is like super exciting. So tell us about human design. Let's get into it. I love that it's such a synthesis of so many things. Uh, I personally find that kind of thing really appealing, but like it's good to cover so many bases. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. And like, you know, the thing is that um, it's actually, these systems obviously have been around forever, right? So like the chakra system and astrology, um, but human design is actually rather new. So it actually came Earthside in 1987. Mm. So, um, yeah, and it's actually a really interesting story because the founder, um, of human design, his name's, um, Ra Uruhu, but his, um, the name he was born with was Robert Krakauer. And he um, basically went into eight days of channeled meditation and just like downloaded this system wow. from what he called like the voice. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he essentially channeled this system. And then when he came out of the meditation, he was like, he put it all, you know, um, onto paper and kind of put it all together and then decided he wanted to share it with the world. So 1987 though, you know, I so it is like, origin story. Yeah. That's yeah. Recent. That's really recent. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so human design is actually, um, it's a system that's basically a synthesis of several different modalities, right? So it combines things like astrology, the Hindu chakra system, um, the Chinese I Ching and the tree of life from Kabbalah. And what it really is, is sort of like an instruction manual for your soul, right? So it really helps us to align with like the highest version of ourselves. So when you get a human design reading, like some of the things that we cover would be um, how you can make the best align, the most aligned decisions, how your energy interacts within the world. What's your communication style? Um, what's your emotional style? Um, even understanding things like your spiritual gifts, your work style, um, it helps kind of direct you as far as career choices, um, and even like how to sleep and how to best eat for your energy type is, um, some of my favorite things to talk about also. Sorry, and also like just, um, kind of a call into everything you mentioned about this synthesis that is seen or this kind of holistic, um, kind of cross mapping of all of these different disciplines that have grown up kind of like throughout the world that they, um, you know, you have the Kabbalah and you've got the I Ching. Um, just to kind of quickly describe to listeners, when you see your human design chart, and there are many places you can Google, um, you can just type oh. in, it's the tree of life in Kabbalah with yes. kind of a, um, 
it's the same information you use to get your natal chart and astrology. So the place of birth, time of birth, date of birth, and what it spits back out to you is this thing that it's like, it's kind of shaped like a human body. It looks like it's an interesting kind of like love child uh, with like when you see the seated figure meditating with the chakras going up the middle kind of, but then yeah. there are all of these different sort of little like pathways and channels that cross around and then there are the 64 gates right that are on the edges of the different um centers which yeah. would be interesting because that's the you i think you told me this mara that it's like 64 gates to the each 64 gates 64 um pieces in the Ching, and then there's also 64 codons in dna so there's this like quantum essentially like two other energy centers um that all kind of correlate to different things yes Med exactly <laughs> that feels very satisfying to my brain. I really want to know more about these pathways. Uh, I have been looking at it and it's just like, whoa. Like yeah. the detail this gets into is amazing. It really is. It's like such a detailed system. And mm -hmm. it's so interesting too, because, you know, um, it really does combine. It like takes components of all of these different um, other modalities. So for example, like the chakra system. So in human design, there's actually nine, um, energy centers is what we call them, but they are based on the traditional seven chakras mm -hmm. of the Hindu chakra system. Right. But in human design, two of them split. And so they created these like two other, but it does, it does all tie back to that like Hindu chakra system. Right. So for example, like in human design, the very, very top one is, is called your head center. Um, so that would be sort of linked to like the crown, crown. right in the chakra system. And, um, it does sort of represent, it's a lot of stuff about like that connection to spirit, that connection, um, or it has to do whatever. With, like, yep. It has to do with like, yeah, the G center and the will center. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the spleen. So the spleen would be a new one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, so the heart center essentially became like the G center and the heart center. Mm -hmm. And then the solar plexus, which is on the right side, it's the emotional, mm -hmm. um, center, that one split and became, um, the spleen as well, which is on the other side. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, um, could we maybe do a quick, um, introduction to the the main types because it's sort of like i feel like it's sort of the it's, it's almost like doing um like taxonomy and flowers <laughs> or animals or things. it starts with these categories and then within the categories there are some like subcategories sometimes and then there's like other metrics that will kind of like whittle down the the essential design per each individual kind of thing yeah so really in human design like the first step is understanding your energy type and so like you were saying jillian like uh, similar to as if this were astrology or whatever it would be your <clears throat> your sun sign so it's sort of like the very first step the first thing you learn so in human design what we call it's it's called energy type and there's five energy types within the human design system. And I'll just kind of go through each of them um, and tell you a little bit about them. And, uh, and then just stop me if you guys have questions or anything like that. But um, so manifestors would be the first type. And we always kind of start with manifestors because manifestors are really the initiators, right? Um, they are the people that are here to have like wild ideas and act independently and impact and change the world. 
right? So people like Frida Kahlo, manifester, Maya Angelou, manifester, even Patti Smith is a manifester. Inspiration, like even divine inspiration and things like that. So yeah, it's really cool kind of having a background in some of these other modalities and then being able to sort of sprinkle it in and integrate it into like my human design practice too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see so, the one that splits is the head center and the Ajna center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the so, Ajna sort of would kind of be like eye. the third eye. Yeah. yeah. So where it actually splits is down below. So oh, okay. from the very <laughs> bottom, they're about eight to 9% of the population. Um, the founder of human design was also a manifester. So, um, and historically, you know, a lot of kings and queens have been manifestors, as well as um, some dictators. So, yeah. like Hitler. Hitler was a manifester. Um, Putin is a manifester. Saddam Hussein is a manifester. So, you can see it really can kind of go either way, right? Um, <laughs> with this energy, because it is a very forceful energy. And the thing with manifestors, so each energy type has what we call a strategy. And so for manifestors, their strategy is what we call to inform. And the reason that informing is really important for manifestors is because this is a huge challenge for them. They just want to go out and act and initiate and do things and not really get anybody, like care what anybody else thinks. So they can do that. They have the ability to initiate without the direction of others. But the key to really succeeding as a manifester is looping people in. It is going back and telling people like, hey, this is what I'm up to. Mm. And if you want to get on board, you can get on board. And um, if you're not on board, that's cool too, you mm. know? So that's what this energy is. Reminds me a lot, um, just like that, the way you're describing it, of kind of like the fire element and like the... the the suit of the wands and the tarot deck because there's that sense that it's so lively and it's so like full of righteous feeling of what it wants to do and so excited about it but like it may not necessarily have that staying power because it just wants to do the thing and it doesn't want to like put in all those little extra boring steps to kind of mm. ensure that the thing occurs <laughs> yeah and the other thing with manifestors too that's interesting is they are what we call a non um they're like a non-energy being. And that's because manifestors do not have this sacral energy center filled in. So manifestors, projectors, and reflectors all have an open um, sacral energy center. And so to your point, Jillian, like manifestors do not have this sustainable energy. They really work in short bursts. So it's a burst of energy and then they have to like go back and retreat and sort of recalibrate and then they're able to kind of go out with another burst of energy so yes like they light the fire but they don't right stay and the around. fire they can't, yeah, yeah. So no vesta the energy there but it sounds <laughs> like i mean it's a such an energy that it's a genius level energy a lot of the time or at least some of the time <laughs> yeah and it is like it is the energy of ideas it's mm -hmm. the the energy of really changing the world. I mean, that's what this energy is. It's, they're here to shake things up yeah. and to see different ways of doing things that nobody else has yet, right? Yeah. Um, I love manifestors. I have like, I think I have 
two or three really close friends that are manifestors and they all do have this super it's like a hyper creative energy that just like it feels like it has to like exit their body somehow (laughs) you probably know people also who are manifestors who have this this energy so generators are around 37 percent of the population and the thing with generators is generators are really here to do the work they're here to build the infrastructures and they're here to really turn inspiration into form. So they're what we like to call the alchemists um, because they have a defined sacral energy center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's about eight or 9% of the population. And then the next one is generators, which is really all about workforce energy. And it's really, it powers them to do the work. Here's the thing with generators, because they have this energy within them, oftentimes the biggest challenge is they get stuck doing work that they hate. So they get trapped and they're like, we have all this energy. And then um, it can be almost like a people pleasing energy as well of like just doing it for the sake of doing it, right? The key for generators is to find work and do work that they love. So Um, when they are doing that work, when they are really and honestly loving what they're doing, they're inspired, they're lit up, they're excited, they're able to light up and inspire everybody around them. So Beyonce is a really great example of this. Um, Who else? Oprah, she's another generator. Uh, Jim Carrey, I think he's a great example of a generator as well. Um, And they really have this amazing very magnetic aura that really draws people in. So they're able to magnetize the right people towards them when they are in alignment with doing the work that they love. So, um, yeah, so that's generators in a nutshell. Um, Under this umbrella of generators, there's kind of another subtype. It's a manifesting generator. So manifesting generators Yes, this is what you are, Brooke. I'm excited to hear about this one. (laughs) Yeah, so manifesting generators are technically under the umbrella of generators. However, manifesting generators have um, that defined sacral, and they have a motor that goes directly to their throat. And the throat center is really, it's essentially manifestation. So it's bringing and speaking things into existence. So you are a true hybrid between a manifester and a generator because you can sort of, and you guys are also here to do the work. However, you have a little more of the initiation energy than like a pure generator, right? Yeah. Um, Manifesting generators are around 33% of the population. You're here to do the work that lights you up and excites you, but for MGs, it's usually not one thing. And it's really the work of reconditioning that language into, I'm multi-passionate, mm-hmm. I, I, I love and thrive when I am doing many different things. It's been hard for me actually to, uh, especially my family did not understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank also, you so much. That's, that was a really helpful explanation actually. <laughs> We, we also like the culture um, that we are all kind of acculturated to is a culture of specialization. Right. It's going to actually be a lot of different things. Um, and you need a lot of different energies to, um, 
to really, really thrive. You're multi-passionate, you're multi-creative. And what happens with MGs is they get kind of pigeonholed into this, like pick a lane. You're supposed, you're very scattered. You're all over the place, whatever it is. Or like there's a greater sense of like value placed upon specialization. And like, I have a good friend and she and I have always had this joke that we're freelance generalists. (laughs) Like you even think about the language around it. Like you're a jack of all trades. That means you're a master of none or you're a dilettante. Yeah, my dad uh, called me a dilettante until we stopped speaking. (laughs) So, you know, sorry to interrupt you there, Jillian. No, no, no. But I mean, it is like, you know, I think we probably each experienced it in one way or another because even just, even someone who does find what they're passionate about or finds the steady job, inevitably most people will stumble through various (laughs) things. There's that. That famous, I think it's like the Spin Magazine cover and someone did the meme where it's like Tori Amos, PJ Harvey, yes. and you. they're all manifesting generators, all three of them. Yep, like super talented um, creative types also. And the other thing with being an MG is they're the quickest. You guys are the quickest out of all of the energy types. So often what happens is you're able to kind of skip steps in the process. I, I mean, so cool. Pretty much every 90s musician, because I'm obsessed with the 90s, uh, is an MG, like Kurt Cobain, MG, like so everybody, you name it, like they're an MG. (laughs) Um, even David Bowie, MG, um, who else? Like, I think Jimi Hendrix was an MG. Um, but yeah, usually it's, it's these like very, and so people don't really understand that and you'll like jump two steps forward. And then what happens is sometimes you do have to go back and like do the other steps, but you, you're sort of like able to kind of get ahead a little bit quicker than most people. And <laughs> at least need a supplemental hobby. Yeah, and I think that there's definitely a sense of people kind of like getting excited the first time you want to try something new, and then by like the second or the third or the fourth time, they're like, okay, get get real, like you know. Yeah. Yep. You need to settle down. <laughs> I've never had yeah. like a problem pushing through being really terrible at something and like continuing to practice it anyway, just because it felt you know good to my brain or whatever. And that was another thing that people sort of didn't get that I was like at a loss to be able to explain. Yeah. And that's, you know, driven by my sacral center. (laughs) It is, it is. And for you, it's also, you know, it is being able also to let go of those things that aren't exciting you. Like you should really be trying everything, right? And dipping your toe in and kind of testing it out and seeing if you like it and then not having shame about saying, you know what, this doesn't work for me and it, or it's, it's not working for me right now. Mara, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, I think, um, so there's like a couple, uh, like famous people that I feel like are really amazing examples. I mean, obviously Bjork, I think is like the ultimate MG. Yeah. Like she just, she's everything, she's you know, her thing like fully committed fully committed. Russell yeah. Brand, he's oh. another really cool example cuz it's sort of like yeah, he was a musician, then an actor, and then now it's like he's shifted gears into like recovery and spirituality and all and he's doing all of the things. Depleting that sacral energy yeah. center at the end of the day. So yeah. then cuz then when you sleep it recharges and yeah. so you start fresh. <laughs> <clears throat> because you can't you are like the fastest and you're meant to be like constantly doing stuff you do have the sacral energy that is really meant for like putting it out into the world 
I feel like if I don't spend that energy, it really like, <laughs> I'm not calibrated. Like sometimes all I have to do is take a walk, but that energy has to happen. You know, and also for both generators and MGs, if you're not sleeping well, you're not yeah. moving your body enough. Yeah. That's like the number one thing. Um, like in session, I always ask, how do you sleep? And usually if generators and MGs tell me they're not sleeping, I'm like, you have to do more physical activity. <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily mean like go to a really intense workout class, but it could be taking a walk or doing a wind down yoga class or whatever, like a yeah. yoga class or something like that. Um, but it is really about like that we cast spells our words and we create our reality through um, what we say and how people receive our words. I wonder if there's have that, that talent that for sure growth that really gives them that to um, propel them from thing to thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's true because they have a motor that's directly connecting to the throat. They are, they are sort of, supercharged in the sense that they can they have the power to speak things like into existence so oftentimes what i tell people who have um who are mgs like one of the best things you can do is um write like write things down like manifestation lists things like that even just speaking it to people around you is really great as well um because you are essentially getting that from inside your body like out of it Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so, so definitely, definitely hundred percent. And there's actually a channel that if you have this channel, I don't think you have this channel, Brooke, but mm -hmm. if you're an MG, it actually, uh, makes you a little bit more of that gives you more of that manifesting energy and it, it connects essentially, um, from the sacral directly to the throat. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, um, let me see, let me look really quick and it felt see. felt like it had a lot of like half filled in channels, I think. And then I was trying to interpret those. And Wait, actually, Brooke, you do have this channel. Oh, do I? Yeah. 34, you have 3420. So you are, um, in the grand scheme of things, you are a little more manifestory like oh, versus other mgs yeah <laughs> so um working in a positive so, way so you can absolutely even more so um have a little more of that that initiating energy that's um so that's something you know to kind of think about too like um that you are slightly more manifester i have noticed that in my life in the sense that like oh shit i should have been more specific about that thing i manifested <laughs> yeah for sure yeah write it uh, down and by the way yeah. you can always change your list you know it yeah, doesn't have totally. to be like this is what it is forever and ever it could right, be right. this is what i want right now and like maybe in a month or six months it changes and that's okay too yeah trying to learn yeah. and build more like protective measures so i don't end up like shooting myself in the foot with the thing that i asked for yeah that's a lifelong project it's a super like useful thing to do especially right now in the quarantine times when really all we have to do is <laughs> about other things we might like to be doing you know, it's, yeah it's particularly the you know what you want to call into your life pregnant opportunity to um to get into that kind of that kind of practice yeah 
So it's so important. I mean, regardless of like what energy type you are, I think it is really important to get super clear about. Yeah. Okay. Should we do projectors? Yes. Okay. So projectors. So that's me, by the way. Um, <laughs> we are about 20% of the population and projectors are similar to manifestors. We do not have a defined um, sacral energy center. So we do not have that sustainable workforce energy like a generator and MG. So what that means is we're here, we're not really here to do the work. We're, projectors are more here to guide and manage. We are able to see patterns, we're able to see connections and ways that others can be more efficient. So like zoomed out it's more of a distant long view sounds like yes yeah and like it's it's sort of like the birds and the trees that can like look down and see Mm -hmm. everybody and say like oh this person you know should talk to this person or this you know this is another way that they could look at things that might make it a little bit more efficient for them Mm -hmm. um um, a question that I, I noticed because I was doing like some light creeping on the chart of somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a subcategory within projectors too, which is actually only 2% of the population that's the mental projector, right? Mental projectors, yep. Yeah, which I didn't realize was like its own little, little thing over there too. Yeah, mental projectors, energy centers, and yeah, mental, I, I did a reading for a mental projector, um, a few months ago and it, it was so interesting because I just felt like she she was like all of these things that are essentially they have like in their head center they have those two um energy centers defined and mental mental projectors are very actually very similar to uh, reflectors in that sense also because they are completely open um usually except for those two like an authority, um, essentially like one of the top three, which is splenic, emotional, or sacral, and they have a very different authority. So for them, they really have to um, talk things out with other people in order to clarify it. I, like she felt about herself, but like never had been able to fully express. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically said to her, you know, when you're making decisions, mental projectors also don't have their, their decision-making strategies. Um, so yeah, so it just, honestly, it is, um, it's one of my favorite kind of types. And actually one of my friends who's, um, she's an amazing healer. She's a mental projector and, um, they have a really, really great ability. Um, like psychic abilities are really prevalent among mental projectors and a way to kind of connect again with spirit because all of their energy is really focused up in the head. Wow. Yeah. 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 And what else was I going to say? Oh, so for projectors, waiting for the invitation is essentially the interesting thing is that the projector strategy is what we call um, waiting for the invitation. And this is something that for me, when I figured it out, it was like a huge unlock. When it's essentially waiting to get invited to the big things in life. I don't need to wait for an invitation to like, for what I'm going to have for dinner or things yeah. like that. But when it comes to career, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to all of these kind of things, it's really waiting for 
people to see and recognize you and then invite you in. Mm -hmm. And the reason for this, that's projectors, famous projectors, Obama, JFK, who else? Like Marilyn Monroe is a projector. Diane Keaton, who I'm obsessed with, is also a projector. <laughs> uh, so many people. I think Brad Pitt is a projector. Thing that I can't help noticing when you say this this series of people's names and just hearing the word project, like I feel like a lot of these people kind of fulfill this like avatar upon which a lot of other people will project what they want to project within. Oh, yeah. Yeah like within our culture. And so do you think, is that part of the projector as well? Because the projector isn't like a manifesting generator or a manifester going around and kind of saying like, this is what I am, this is what I am, that it's more of a feature of this sort of like passively receiving what other people are, are choosing to pick up on about them. Is, is that a part of being a projector too? 100%, 100% because also like, like I was saying, it's really about that recognition from the other that, you know, of your talents or whatever it is, the wisdom that you're able to impart. So I think that it's, it's not, it's a very gentle leading and guiding energy as opposed to a manifestor energy, which is a little, it's, which is not quite as gentle, really kind of clicked for me is that having this recognition and essentially having this ability to kind of see things in a very unique and different way. It's a different energy when you go to somebody and you're like, hey, you should do X, Y, Z to make yourself more efficient versus having them come to you and ask you, hey, what do you think I should do to help you know, make my business or whatever more efficient? So it is really that energy of waiting for the other to kind of recognize you and then being able to impart this wisdom. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. You know, if you think about people like JFK and Obama, like they really had, like they had to be elected by the people recognized in the truest form in order to guide and lead. Right. Yeah. People, people choose to believe what they want to believe about her and that she kind of had to be like brought up into that position as a bombshell or whatever. I read so something that... really interesting about her once, which was that uh, this was some observation that someone made and I wish I could remember the source, but they had seen her turn it on and turn it off. Like she could turn on the bombshell thing if she wanted to or was inspired to for whatever reason, but she'd also turn it off to the extent that she could just be and not be seen as Marilyn Monroe. And I found that so fascinating. Yeah, I actually, I have to look at her chart and see, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was like, she had a very open chart mm -hmm. where she really was able to kind of take in so much energy from like people around her. Yeah. And, um, and that actually kind of leads me into reflectors, reflectors, which is what the lovely Jillian is, oh, yeah. um, 1% of the population a reflector's chart is entirely open. So there are no energy centers that are colored in or defined. That's and actually how oh, I met you, isn't it, Mara? Because yeah. I like, approached you on Instagram and said, I'm a, I'm a reflector and you offered <laughs> to read my chart. Reflectors are truly sort of like the unicorns of human design. 1% uh, of the population <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think I like sent you the unicorn emoji. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's so cute. Uh, so it's so true. And 
I've met a few, I have another friend of mine who's a reflector and um, I've met like a couple other people along the way, but really and honestly, every reflector I've met has this just like power, like this amazing, just unique energy. I, it's hard to explain, but it is, it's just sort of like they are uniquely themselves and like in this different way than anybody else. Um, and what happens is, so because reflectors are a hundred percent open and white, when you have, um, when you look at your human design chart and you kind of see all of these nine energy centers, basically the white centers are the areas where we take in energy from people around us, right? The centers that are defined or colored in are the ones where we give out energy to people around us. So for example, like Brooke, you know, being an MG, you have that defined sacral energy, which is that life force, workforce energy that you are giving out to the world around you. But being a reflector, you're completely open. So what that means is that you are truly a mirror to your surroundings. You are truly going to shift and change based on your circumstances based on the people that are around you. So, and I think we talked about this in our reading, Jillian, but like really and honestly cultivating and curating the places and the people that are around you is going to be so key to your mental health and well-being. because if you're around negative energy, that's what you're going to be taking in, right? Versus being around really, really positive energy and you're going to be taking that in as well. And the other thing that's interesting about these white centers is that where we're white, we take in, but we also amplify. Mm -hmm. So we amplify that energy as well. So not only would you take in like somebody who's very, very positive, but you would actually radiate out extra, like extra positivity, right? So just like how? <laughs> I know it's every, every reflector is like, are you serious? Like that's impossible. <laughs> Because in society, everybody's like, you need to make your decision now. It has oh, yeah. to be now. So it is really important for you to wait. And you'll, there'll actually be patterns you'll notice. And that's just not the case. Like for reflectors. So reflectors are guided by the moon. And the reason for this waiting a lunar cycle is because the moon makes a complete cycle through each of the 64 gates within the human design chart in that 28 or 29 days. Oh my God. Within your life of um, like certain times during that cycle that you might feel more emotional. There's times where you might feel more clear. There's times where you might feel more excited or high energy or low energy, or there might be times the right place, the right people is really and truly everything for reflectors. And the other interesting thing about reflectors is that so reflectors have, um, their strategy is what we call, um, waiting a lunar cycle, which is about 28 days, 29 days yeah. 28 or 29 days. <clears throat> if it's transiting gate 11, for example, that's the gate of ideas. When that happens, you're probably going to have like a bunch of really creative ideas. So really understanding and learning that 28 day cycle is going to be the key for you. And the other thing I was going to say is that 
This is only in relation to the big things in life. So Jillian, you don't have to wait 28 or 29 days to like figure out if you want to go to dinner with your friend. <laughs> this is really about big things, moving, jobs, relationships, all of that kind of stuff is going to be, that's when you're going to use this strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That seems like yeah. a reasonable strategy anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some, some famous, she's amazing. Teal Swan. Do you guys know Teal Swan? Yeah. I, her, she's, she's a real, yeah, people, I don't know how I feel about her. I've listened to a couple <laughs> of about her. She's yeah, beautiful from, hair. Reflectors. So Alma. Whenever I look up famous reflectors, they always say Sandra Bullock. Oh yeah. Sandra Bullock too. Um, <laughs> who else? I know she is, she's definitely an interesting person. Um, but I did, you know, now that I know that she's a reflector, I was like, okay, that totally makes sense because she really is able to kind of go into a room and pick up on, mirror, amplify that energy around her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Among the types, I feel like reflectors are like a smallest group of people that you would have heard of who are famous. For sure. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 1%. That's 1%. very small. That and like I said, I've only really encountered, well, I know, you know, obviously Jillian and then one of my good friends and then one other person. And the funny story about the other two reflectors that I know is that, you know, obviously I was learning human design and, and like studying all of this stuff and telling them about it. And both of them, when I met them, both said, yeah, I think I'm a reflector. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, they didn't know what they were. And I was like, yeah, probably not. They're like, no, I just feel like I identify with that. That just makes the most sense for me. And when I ran their chart, they both were reflectors. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So um, they were open to knowing that information that they didn't actually know. Like totally. a reflector. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like, reflectors are really meant to be at the center of the community because what you, what reflectors do is you reflect back the health of the community around you. You are truly that barometer. So if things are, especially during this whole like coronavirus um, time, it's been so interesting to talk to reflectors. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that because I think for me, like, Part of my, and I, I guess it's probably partly because I'm a reflector, I feel like chaotic always. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, the pandemic is that I've never had a, a time in my entire life really where I felt like stable. <laughs> I constantly feel like the sense of chaos, possibility, um, just everything is always always sort of like in a, a crucible for me all the time. And so when the pandemic hit and everybody felt like that, it was like the first time in my life that I didn't feel like the only person who felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting, I, I, I think specifically as a reflector, cause like I've been reflecting on like what you've said about when you're around certain people you act certain ways and you kind of, you, you take it and you bounce it back and, and that becomes like the feedback loop of the energy. And I've gone back through like even to my childhood and I've like thought about, I was always trying to kind of like please and um, entertain and sort of say things that like I thought my mom would want to hear. And I can even like hear my child voice 
the way I can remember feeling and the way I can remember like behaving and acting. And like, it was always sort of like, when I think about all the time I was little, mimicking my mother's voice <laughs> back to her, like I can remember that all happening. And I think that during the pandemic, having so much time just alone has kind of, because as a re reflector, I feel like my own, like, my sort of tone that emanates from me is super, 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 like, deep down. <laughs> that it's, it's like I couldn't hear it most of the time because there's so yes. much interference from everybody else. So, like, this is the time where I feel like I'm more myself than I've ever been because I have fewer things coming in <laughs> from everywhere yeah. else. And like I just watched The Dark Crystal, the new one on Netflix, and we were talking about the reflector. I was like, oh, we're the Dark Crystal. Like when, yes! <laughs> when all those little like flying elf creatures are all getting along and there aren't any skepsis, then we're like clear and pure and nature flows. But when shit gets like fucked up, we get cracks in us and we turn all dark and <laughs> I love that. I love that. Because you really just summed it up, right? Like when you are, and it is, alone time is so important for reflectors because you're able to kind of shed all of those things that you're picking up. Just from like going to the grocery store, you know, you are truly picking up the emotions of other people. You're picking up on the thoughts of other people. You're picking up on fears, pressure. All of that stuff is all stuff that you're going to take on and even amplify, like I said. So when you are truly only in your own energy, this is when you become the most clear. And the other thing that's really key for reflectors, I think I told you this too, is having a really good kind of like sounding board around you of people who are able to help you kind of talk through because I'm often like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And I think during the beginning, when I did speak to my friend who's a reflector, she was like, I actually feel really calm and okay right now. And it was so interesting to me. Big decisions in your life. Talking, talking it out with others is so key. And it has to be sort of, um, it's more for, the, for you to hear it coming out of your own mouth, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to hearing what other people have to say to you. It's more about how you are saying it and what you're saying um, that's going to help you kind of make your best decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's interesting too, because when I think about um, people that I know that I have had consistent conflict with about kind of around having advice, the people that I struggle the most with are the friends that I have who, when I'm talking and I'm complaining or I'm just like blowing off steam, will then immediately like their first impulse is to then solve it or like yeah. tell me what they think I should be doing. Yeah. And yeah. I have so much trouble with that because I like, that's not why I'm telling them. I'm not telling them because I want them to give me advice. I'm telling them because I want them to like hear that I'm saying it. <laughs> not yes. necessarily yeah. understand how you feel and what you're thinking. Yes. About. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's for you. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of working with little children and like one of the first things I learned working with like preschool, kindergarten, elementary school kids is that when they have a conflict and they come over and they kind of stand there and like shuffle their feet and look down and like tell you what happened, usually by the time they're done telling you, that's over for them. You know, yeah, like it's better. no longer, 
it's it's no longer the the conflict is done it's over yes. they've like processed it and now they they don't need to sit on a bench they don't really even need to hear that the kid who hit them is gonna have to sit on a bench it's like that's it yeah exercise it's, that demon <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a really like quick and dirty like exorcism style yeah <laughs> yeah and it's out. oh sorry mara uh, oh no, I was going to say like this whole kind of taking in that energy of people around you, it, what it does is, and that's why, you know, we always say like reflectors are the unicorns. It gives you this ability like to really understand what other people are going through as well. It's like this ultimate empathy um, because you're feeling along with these, with people. And so what happens is you kind of take in this energy from other people and it gets jumbled up with your own energy. And you're like, wait a minute, like, is this mine or is this somebody else's? And so like Jillian, you know how you were saying, oftentimes it feels really chaotic. It's because a lot of that isn't yours. And it's, you're taking it in and treating it as if it is your own, but it really isn't, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, so, and that gets to another feature, um, I forget if it's, I don't know if it was like a quantum human design site or it was something that I um, I looked at recently and they said that like the subtype, I'm sorry, it's just there's like someone cutting branches outside my window. It's really loud. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just hoping it's not all getting on the recording. Um, but so there's like this thing where like a winner's mindset. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't like you can't like I can't think in a way that is like personal gain based if it yeah. can cause pain to someone else or inconvenience to someone else yeah yes and actually Brooke you have this as well this I, open emotional center yeah so I you I can't win at other people's expense it's like antithetical to my whole belief system <laughs> yeah um and you also you know actually all three of us on this on the chat right now, we all um, have open emotional centers. So we all uh, really do take in the emotions of others. And um, the big learning and what I always say to people, to other people with open emotional centers, it's about 50% of the population. So 50% of the population has defined and defined emotional center and 50% has open. That seems but right. I always say it's like, instead of being that sponge, yeah. right, where we're taking it in, we're absorbing it, we're, we're like feeling it all, yeah. um, really try and filter, be, be a screen, right? So try and filter out all of that stuff that's not yours, yeah. if you are able to differentiate. He started living from his heart, and when he started living from his heart instead of living from his head that he couldn't even play chess anymore because every time he played chess, he thought about how he was like harming his opponent when he made a move in chess. Oh, wow. It's like, it's so not, you, you have to be, like you have to behave in a way that so keeps your side of the street clean because I feel like if I do something to someone, I feel like I feel the pain that I caused that person. 100%. <laughs> and there was this, podcast I was listening to last week where it was this like old Norwegian guy talking about Rudolf Steiner and he was saying that so in you know sometimes you just wake up and you're like feeling sad for no reason and that could easily be because your partner is sad or because somebody you know that you're connected to around you is feeling sad mm -hmm. so 
making that differentiation between the two is going to be so key in learning um, for people with this open emotions. I have a really like challenging family. Uh, so that's been hard. That's been a long, difficult journey, parsing out myself from my parents specifically, but really all of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like going to the store, like you mentioned before, sometimes when I go to the grocery store, especially during this, it's like so much that I have to take a nap. I have to take a shower and a nap. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about being a sponge versus um, like a screen or a filter, it reminds me a lot of um, like being a Virgo. Like when you talk in astrology about the difference of the opposite signs, Virgo and Pisces, because I always yeah. think of the Pisces as like that, like big oceanic sponge that just, it's like, if you don't look out, everybody is going to like, glom onto you and put all this like black scum that they've got inside you know kind of comes and gets on you and that the Virgo then is sort of like the the hero (laughs) to the Pisces in some ways because it's trying to to pick through and like screen out and like use the parts that it can use and and let the other parts go um I think a lot about that in like this kind of thing too and just energy and and how to have like the right kinds of um like self-care in place (laughs) so that you're not just like burying it you're actually like getting it to move through and get it off well the biggest thing that you actually touched on regarding this is being in your own space Mm -hmm. and that is the number one thing that actually helps you because you're exiting all of that other energy and you're able to get really clear with where you are and how you are feeling so yeah, alone time is really important, uh, especially for people like with emotional open emotions, um, and even for projectors and reflect for for everybody, alone time is really important. <laughs> but, um, but especially, particularly for reflectors, because like you said, you're able to just be out of anybody else's energy. <clears throat> the other thing is people with open sacral, so projectors, manifestors, and reflectors, we're also not supposed to we don't sleep well with other people. (laughs) So, and that's because, uh, we, especially somebody who is, um, you know, a generator and MG, we are pulling that sacral energy all night long. So we can't sleep. Oh, Um, I know who not to date. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, can you, there's ways to get around it, of course, like going to bed an hour or two before your partner, staying in bed an hour or two after your partner, or, you know, separate having beds like the fifties separate, separate, <laughs> well, it have to be like separate rooms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause you'd still kind of be in the same aura. Um, but yeah. And it's interesting too, cause um, what my current partner is a projector as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like, you know, sleeping with another open sacral is super easy, but when I like sleep in the bed with a generator MG, it's like zero sleep. Wow. For you or for yeah. them or for both? Uh, usually for me. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, you're just feeling this like, <laughs> Jesus. Sleeping alone is the best for me though. Like even sleeping just by myself is like number one. I sleep the best. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. So yeah, so, and there's a lot of other things. Like I actually want to pull up your chart again, Brooke, to look really quick. Well, something else about um, when you look at a chart or when anybody looks at their chart is um, 
I noticed there's the difference between the red barring and the black barring when mm -hmm. red or black that, that okay. come out of different gates. To see where else you are open because we can chat about that. So and I don't know what other people's charts look like. Mine, none of them go more than partway, and that might be because the centers are all open. But I correct. noticed too that there's the red and the black. And correct me if I'm if I'm getting the wrong end of the stick here. But what it reminds me of, because the one the red is the design and the black is the personality. Yep. So um, what? So the red, sorry, the black is your conscious, right? Mm -hmm. So it usually has to do with characteristics or things that you're more aware of. So this is more um, of a fun sign kind of thing. Sorry to interrupt. It immediately makes me think of like when you read someone's palms and you have the right or the dominant hand and the non-dominant hand and that like the dominant hand I, I interpret to be more kind of like the personality because it's the way things are are playing out and actively happening. Whereas then the red is like the non-dominant where it's like the part that holds a lot of potential that you may yes. or may have tapped into. And then the red would be the unconscious. So, and the way that if you're interested, but you guys can look at your charts. So basically the black numbers, um, or sorry, the black gates are all based on your actual time of birth, right? And then the red, where we get the red from is it's about 88 days, so about three months prior to you were to the day you were born. And in human design, it's when we sort of believe that the soul kind of incarnates into the body. Oh. Yeah. So um, like it's late second trimester kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's called your design date, essentially. Wow. And so that's what the red is. And so, yeah, so the black is really conscious. And then the red would be more, more things that maybe you're not super aware of. Um, outright. Factory. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, each of the gates, like I kind of mentioned, have different energies and, you know, like different things. So there are certain gates that indicate like psychic abilities. There are certain gates that indicate like a connection to um, like one of the ones I think Jillian has it is and then Brooke you have oh. and it's, <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> I see sense. you with the cat right there and I'm like totally she's totally uh, yeah. an animal empath <laughs> <laughs> You have gate five. And so this is part of what we call is like the fairy channel. So you also have like a very um, natural, yeah, a very, a very natural gate 19. Wait, let me just double check on your chart. Um, yes. So gate 19, um, it comes from the root. And that uh -huh. one is really about being an animal empath. You love like, it could be the natural kingdom. So it yes. could be things like, plant so medicine true. and yeah <laughs> i have a background in biology so yeah. oh, okay <laughs> yeah. exactly so you wow, have, I love that. so you have that yeah so all of the gates kind of represent different things within or like they're tools in our toolbox is what i like to call it i love that and yeah and it's really interesting so and then jillian you mentioned that none of your gates like connect and form a direct channel. And that's, that's why you have no energy centers connected. So for example, when you have a channel that basically illuminates the two um, energy centers at the opposite sides of it, right? So 
Yeah. The sense? other thing. Yeah. The other thing I was going to ask, just because um, I I think I looked at um, the woman. Is it? I didn't get her name wrong, but Karen Curry and Curry and Karen. Curry. Yeah, Karen Curry. That's my Karen, teacher. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I I went when you mentioned that on Instagram and kind of took a quick little look around on her website and sh I got the email with kind of like the 20 page intro and I noticed that some of them will be both black and red so that means that both yep. your conscious and your design are it does that yep. make for like a stronger a stronger connection or a stronger a stronger gate like um not necessarily it just it just kind of means that essentially there are I mean it could be a stronger gate it just means that you have that like that gate is lit up on both sides right mm -hmm. so it could be conscious it could be your unconscious but you have it on both sides so and yeah of course when you have the same gate lit up multiple times that's usually something like a you know like a superpower something just that you're you're right you're like extra like charged in that energy a little bit so um so yeah essentially i'm not sure what do you know which gate it was that you were looking um, at i have on my chart there are three of them that have oh you have gate three. 11 that's ideas yeah, 11 34 and 50 are the ones i have that go red and black yeah so 11 yeah so you have 11 you actually have 11 one two three, four. Yeah. So gate 11 is really, really key for you. Gate 11 is one of my favorite gates too. It's, um, by gate of ideas. So having big ideas. Um, and that's something that's going to be a theme for you in your life is really coming up with ideas. And then, um, on the flip side of gate 11, um, is gate 56. So, which is, um, like, putting them out in the world. So you're more about having the ideas as opposed to like actually putting them out in the world. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you have a lot of the idea energy, but it's not necessarily, you don't have the, the energy to like see it fully through, but you have it. And so you kind of have to have other people help facilitate putting that energy out. Throw it to your sacral <laughs> podcast partner. 100%. <laughs> yes. Does Brooke have any special, like, besides the fairy gate, are there anything? Yeah, what are my there? superpowers, Mara? You'd really like to uh, <laughs> shout out. Um, well, you do have that, you have the manifesting energy, which is, I mean, like, you can essentially, and by the way, Brooke, you also have one, two, three, four, five, you have six gates illuminated within your throat center. And so that, which is, it's a lot. Um, and when I read a chart, I often like to look at, it's like funny cause I, I kind of like make this up, but, um, it's essentially, I call it like where the action is. Uh -huh. And so you have all this action within that throat center. So it really is for you about communicating like all of these, um, ideas that you have. And so you two actually together are a really great match because- oh. Jillian, you can come up with these brilliant ideas, and then Brooke, you can kind of speak them into existence. She you really does come up with brilliant ideas. I mean, <laughs> uh, I love this. Yeah, and so you have a lot of energy within the throat, and it's really funny too because I was going to say, like, as podcasters, um, this is really, really positive energy for both of you to have. And Jillian, you actually, I think, have quite a few gates lit up within your throat and 
throat center yeah, as it well. Looks like, it looks like I have four on the chart that I'm looking at. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you guys are, it's all about communication for both of you. So anyways, and by the way, you know, some people who have a lot of energy in their throat center, it's not even about necessarily speaking it. They could be writers. Um, they could, you know, express it in other ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be like verbalizing or vocalizing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. That's one of those things that has uh, gotten me into trouble in my life that I'm learning how to live with. <laughs> And like focus in a more positive, fruitful direction. So this yes. is helpful. Yeah. And there's, there's other things too, like, because Brooke, you are very open also. Like you only have three energy centers lit up within your chart at all. So um, you do take in a lot of things from people around you. So what that means is that like, for example, your G center, which is that center colored, um, diamond shape yeah you have that open you guys both do and um so the g center is all about identity and so it's interesting too because i was thinking about um what jillian was saying earlier and how she kind of was able to really transform based on like a situation like speak a certain way to one person versus speak a certain way to a different person. And that's what that open G center is all about. And you both have this yeah. where you are able to kind of relate to other people is princess Diana. So if you think about her, she was able to relate to so many different people like all around the world <clears throat> because she had this open identity center. So it could be the Royal family. It could be, like orphans in Africa, it could be any of those people, she was able to kind of be on that level. And you both have that quality as well, where you can relate to so many different people. Jillian and I have kind of talked about this before, uh, sort of, in that we have a couple of specific social fluencies in common, uh, you know, where we're able to understand the kind of microcurrents of a very specific world that isn't necessarily a world that yes. we consider ourselves to be part of. It's like, yeah, this is like the code switcher ability, the sort of multivalent, like social it's, fish kind of thing. It's an interesting thing, too, though, because I can see how, um, kind of like you were saying, Brooke, that like the speed, it reminds me a lot of in astrology where you get Jupiter involved and Jupiter is sort of considered the big planet of luck, but it's a planet of amplification. So really what it does is it makes things big, which yeah. can be lucky and can be benevolent and can like just absolutely set you up. But it can also be that kind of like too much of a good thing or like, you know, you made the devil deal, the devil deal and like you, <laughs> you weren't careful with the fine print kind of thing. And I could see how the, the open heart center could cut both ways. Like on the one hand, like at the best, at its best, you're, you're super open, you're empathetic, you're, you're holding space for people, you're listening in a mindful way, you're doing all this kind of thing. But I can also see somebody being like, oh, well, they don't know who they are. They're just like a chameleon. They just do this here and they do that there. And like, and so, I mean, I can see how it has both benefits and drawbacks depending upon the circumstances and like other factors too. In a way that, that many other people can't because you can actually take on like the identities um, and this idea of self from other people. And so um, you're able to really relate to them. Another person who had this, definitely. Yeah. And the other thing to, to just kind of think about is that 
we all have everything within us, right? Mm -hmm. And so the thing is that when you have an open center, it really is energy you're taking in from others. And what this means is that when you're around people that have, for example, like a defined G center, you're actually going to feel like you have that as well. So we all are able to experience so many different energies at so many different times. And so we, so what we call it is like consistent versus inconsistent, right? So essentially somebody who has the open G is going to have like a sort of inconsistent, inconsistent sense of self versus somebody who has like the defined G center, like I do, where it's um, a very consistent sense of self that I kind of radiate out. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also remember reading somewhere like because projectors and reflectors probably like have a lot in common in the sense that they both um, as non-energy types kind of pick up on the frequencies and they get the signals but then they're more about like maneuvering them than they yes. are about you know it does feel a little over it can feel very overwhelming at times because again like you're experiencing everything all the time um and so so really you know and we talked about this too during your reading but like making sure that it makes sense too that you have that you're surrounding yourself with the right people places things is so important to your emotional well-being hitting the ground with the boots on <laughs> but that's why we have brooke i know <laughs> <laughs> but what I what I was thinking is that there was an interesting uh, differentiation I once read, which is that when an open centered projector kind of is like tasting everything around them, it like it sticks a little bit more, whereas like reflectors actually are a little bit like the rubber glue, like there's a weird kind of like bounce off effect for re reflectors where like I'm experiencing it all, but it all kind of like maybe it's because of the lunar factor and the fact that everything is kind of moving all the time that it doesn't necessarily get stuck as often. Yes, yep, for sure. And also because if you think about it, you have nine open centers. So you're taking in basically nine times, yeah. you know, is what other people who might have like two or three open centers. So you're taking it in from so many different angles. Um, so it would be emotions, it could be fears, it could be thoughts, it could be speech, it could be all of these kind of things. You're taking it in times nine versus right. somebody like a projector like me. Um, I think, so I have three open centers and I have six defined ones. So I'm taking it in from only three places. Mm. And it becomes more, I would imagine, like more flavored by the center that it's, yes. that it's coming into. Whereas like for me, because it's more holistic and diffuse and in so many centers. It's not so much like, oh, that person's just like really trampling on my root right now because I'm like, oh, it's on my root, but now it's, oh, now it's in my spleen. Exactly. <laughs> is probably helping a lot to keep yeah. the energy channels open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's like a funnel, right? It's sort of like we have these like funnels of areas that we like take in energy. And for you, it's kind of like just everywhere. So because often you're taking in and then you feel a lot of guilt or you feel bad about, you know, like hurting somebody, even though it's hurting you. And so really standing firm in your boundaries is, is like the number one thing.
Yeah, and something that I think of like as my... And just, yeah, like being able to essentially, you know, say no to things that aren't serving you. Boundaries is huge for reflectors, huge. Superpower. <laughs> I don't know if this is a reflector thing, but I feel like my superpower is dilation. That like if I'm in the right, under the right circumstances, I can completely like, I can't read very much because when I read, I go into this sort of like altered state of consciousness where everything in the reading is, is happening and is real. Um, and I've so far haven't found where that is something that you can monetize, but it's like <laughs> in my ideal, in my ideal like life, I would just be in a situation in, or like in, um, circumstance where I can just spend a lot of time doing that and then like because I can take other people along with me when I do it yeah. but um but I usually don't feel safe enough to do it because I usually feel like there are far too many other factors around practical concerns and like <sighs> yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like things. you know yeah so oh, but yeah. I mean but I do think a lot about that in, in relation to being a reflector yeah Brooke do you have any other questions for you yeah. had so much for I mean, us. It's amazing. Like, I want to know, Mara, if you have any, I don't know, like a pithy little life advice sum up that you would like to give me based on my chart. Oh, um, okay. Here, let me look again. Let me pull it up. I mean, I think in general, you know, for manifesting generators, like you guys really are so creative. Every MG that I've ever met is is like this creative powerhouse. I mean, think about, I think about like all of the 90s musicians and like you have this like creative energy and you really are here to put that out into the world. And especially for you, Brooke, also because you have um, your root center. And so that's all about drive. It's all about actually like pushing forward and doing things. So you have your root center defined connected to your sacral, connected to your throat. So it's like, when you have an idea, when you want to get something done, like you will get it done. Like you have that drive, but the key is, is it something you really want to do? And That's so for the problem you, I've had, yeah. Yeah, it's figuring out like, is this something that you really want to pursue? Because right. that being multi-passionate, it does, it can be overwhelming in the sense of there's so many different avenues that you want to explore. Yeah. I uh, was a jewelry designer for a while and I really, really love working with my hands. Um, but then I got this terrible hand injury where I like couldn't do anything. Wow. A while. And um, I had felt even before this happened, like I really enjoyed making the jewelry. I was selling some, but I knew that it wasn't the actual thing I was supposed to be doing and didn't know how mm -hmm. I knew that. And then I got that injury and I had to stop. So, yeah. And that's sort of, yeah, I think it, it is truly like this indicator mm -hmm. of, you know, maybe it is time to reroute. Yeah, um, I knew I had to reroute, so. And one thing I actually didn't talk about with generators and MGs is the strategy which I forgot to talk about, but it is really important. So your strategy, similar to like mine's waiting the invitation, Jillian's is waiting the 28 days. Um, <laughs> yours is what we call to respond. So generators are here to respond to life, okay? Yeah. Now, what that means is, of course you, like I said, have a little more of that initiation energy. So 
when you really want to initiate, you can, but for the most part, you should kind of operate under this like generator umbrella of waiting to respond. So feel that it's someone called, even if I'm being called by like something yes, <laughs> imaginary. Here, here's what it means. Mm -hmm. You have an idea. Let's say you're like, you have an idea and you're like, I want to go on a vacation, right? Mm -hmm. You want to go on the vacation. Your first, like your gut response is going to be like, okay, I'm going to book my trip right now. <laughs> what you actually need to do is for you, you have to wait for confirmation from the universe that that decision is aligned. So it could be things like getting an email from like a yoga retreat and saying, oh, like we're having a, you know, a sale yeah. or whatever confirmation from the universe or yeah. a friend of yours asks you to go on a trip with them confirmation from the universe, right? It's waiting for that synchronicity, waiting for that magic before you make that decision. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. of course. And the other thing for you being a generator, you're a sacral generator. Mm -hmm. So you are guided by that sacral energy. It's all about your gut, girl. Oh, it's going to be like, what is your gut response to everything mm -hmm. connecting with your body, getting out of your head. Mm -hmm. So really trusting your gut going with that is going to be the most important thing when you're making decisions going forward. That is very good advice. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've, we've gotten so much of your time Mara. Did you want to yeah. give us any, um, any information for people that are listening about where you can be found? Like, I know you mentioned that you just spruced up your website and I, I don't did. know exactly what your offerings are, but if you wanted to shout that out, please. Feel yeah. Free. So I kind of, I've been going through like a bunch of different iterations of my offerings, but I really, I just want to focus on basically two of them. Um, so the first one is just a standard session. I'm doing one session now. Um, I used to have a couple different like options for longer or shorter. I'm just doing one because what happens is they end up going longer anyway. So, um, so I'm doing one session, um, and it's a 75 minute session and we basically cover all of the things we talked about today. So it's going to be like your energy type, your strategy, your authority, ways that you can kind of work and navigate your career. So that's the first option. And then the second option that I'm doing is actually a new thing. It's called a sacral session. And this is specifically for generators and manifesting generators. So it's people who have that sacral center defined. So Brooke, like you would be perfect to do this. And <laughs> so what it, <laughs> what it is, is food, eating, um, tips, like sleep, sexuality. We talk about a lot of really cool stuff, really being able to connect you with that gut response. So the way that this gut and the sacral energy center is turned on is actually by yes, no questions. So we go through a series of questions that actually helps you really, really get clear about what you want and what it is. It's able, you're able to tap into the gut versus deferring to your head or your emotions or something else, which is often what we do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the sacral session. And yeah, so those are my two offerings as of right now. And I'm loving, I'm loving doing the sacral sessions. They're so fun. And oh, everybody always is like, 
super excited and they're like, wow, I just, you know, oftentimes what happens is you find out things like that you didn't even realize. You're like, oh, I didn't realize I felt that way, you know? Um, so yeah. And it's creative. Oh, emailing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more time there. What's, what's the, <laughs> it's creative collective LA.com and my Instagram's creative collective LA. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, this was great. Really oh my gosh. I had so much fun. I love talking to you guys. You were awesome. You should come back one day. I will anytime. Oh, we can do like a little more in-depth chart analysis. Yes, we haven't even touched on like the incarnation crosses. That's a whole totally. Other yeah, there was there's so much. I can't believe how much stuff there is. And there's uh, so it's and there's and there's like environment and there's like how like digestion profiles like there. It's just it's yeah. There's yeah. Lot. Yeah. It's a cool guys. Sarah, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Okay, creative Lake, right? Yes. Creative Collective LA. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's cool. If you check out Instagram, it's great because I know you do some little sort of snippets of information along the way on there too, Mara, which is nice for anyone who's getting their feet wet. 